joining us this evening it's um, great to have you with us can I start just by asking you a bit about where you've worked so far and and where you've trained yeah of course and um, thank you for having me so I was I trained at King's undergraduate and then did my F1 F2 South Thames kind of deanery then went to North Central for uh, CMT and then I took a year out after my CMT and did okay. a respiratory education fellow year and then went back into IMT3 standalone and then applied for RASP. Interesting. OK, I mean, and you've done incredibly well. You know, I'll say it, you've done really well in your interviews and <laughs> you're going to be becoming a, a registrar in a few months time. So I just want to get an idea about when you really started thinking about it, because did you think about these sort of interviews before your IMT, uh, CMT? Or, or not then? Uh, I, it's sort of, they were in the back of my mind. So I knew from F1 that I wanted to do respiratory, but I wasn't really sort of tailoring my CV or anything um, until probably later into CMT. So sort of midway through CMT, I started to think about interviews in yeah. the future. Yeah. So that was sort of how I started thinking. How did, you, how did you find the CMT interview and how did you feel that the sort of preparations for this one compared to that? So I think <clears throat> for my CMT interview, I did a bit of prep, but I didn't do that much. Whereas I think for this, I approached it in the same way that I sort of approached my finals exams. I really, I, I really did approach it as an exam and I had sort of a schedule of what I did and who I practiced with and sort of made notes of things because it, it, the stakes were quite high in terms of I've got a house that I've just bought. So I, I just wanted to make sure that I had control over the region as much as possible so I think yeah. in on the course when you guys say that to approach like an exam I actually found that a really helpful way to think about it yeah and um, because I just like studied really hard for that period of time and then that actually paid off whereas I think for my CMT interviews I was a bit more laissez-faire and I think that actually reflected in how I did in my CMT interviews compared to how I did in this interview yeah it's, it's tough to find that balance because you don't want to yeah. scare them and be like <laughs> five years the future you know your whole career depends on this because the cmt a little bit it doesn't sort of hugely matter it's sort of yeah. you have one time as long as you don't have a big family or a family yeah, exactly. that ties you down you'll come back to wherever you want to so yeah I, I agree with you that that that's really important i guess you then must have been caught up in this whole transition from cmt to IM. how did you find that and how did you find the whole equivalency process yeah, so I found it very stressful. I didn't really know what was the best move. Um, I think it's really difficult as a trainee to know what the best move is. I think either option was right. I know people that did alternative competencies and I know people that like me that went through back and did a standalone IMT3. I think it's thinking about what is important for you, that's what I found helpful. And for me, um, I felt that in my year out, I'd got a lot of respiratory exposure. And actually what I hadn't got much of exposure was, was being the med reg in a really busy DGH. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I wanted to go back and do IMT3 standalone, because I didn't want to be worrying about that when I went, yeah. when I did get my specialty number. So, and I, I was also part of the year where they didn't do any interviews. So when I did CMT, they, they ran applications that year, yeah. which I did apply for, but they, they that was the year they canceled all interviews. And it was just done based on um, what you'd achieved and, yeah. and they waited it. And I didn't, I obviously didn't, didn't get a job with that. But actually that was the best thing that probably happened for me. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really mature decision to focus on gen med in that 
yeah. yeah because everyone's initial re reflex is like oh year out i'm gonna do what yeah. i enjoy you know a bit of traveling but then come back and do like a super specialized medicine yeah. did you talk to anyone about that process or get some advice from someone yeah so i spoke to loads of people i spoke to my consultants and my friends and took some advice i actually went back and spoke to the people that i did that were my supervisors when i did cmt yeah cool um and yeah so i just i sort of but at the end of the day you get different advice from different people and i think what I've sort of said to people when they're talking to me about what they're going to do next year is you have to decide what it is that you want to get out of the year and what it is because a lot of people talk to me about taking um a year out in between IMT2 and IMT3 and to help them with specialty applications or things like that but just doing a clinical year for example isn't necessarily going to help you and I think you just need to think about what it is that you want yeah. um because I did PG cert in my year out which I think made a big difference cool and did you manage to get that all in into your interview yeah I think that helped and I think because you can work it into other answers because I think I was talking about I think I got asked something about my portfolio and I was talking about then different approaches to learning that I'd learned about in my PG cert and so you just sort of have different ways to answer it which is a bit different to maybe what they've had from the generic answers I think and so then when did you start really putting your head down and working for the interview so I think our, the course was on February, was it February the 12th? Yeah, yeah. Thereabouts. So I think I'd sort of started looking at things from January. So I sort of, because we, we, there was one before Christmas where we talked about applications and yeah, things. Yeah. And I thought I enjoyed my Christmas. I had, I was off actually off for Christmas for once. So I was like, I'll enjoy Christmas and then I'll start thinking about it properly from January. <clears throat> and so then I sort of started reading around things, but I suppose I properly sort of put my head down and, and and actually I took like a week's leave and stuff and actually used that oh, to prep cool. for the interview as well sort of from March for end for sort of February March time yeah and um, yeah and I, I I actually obviously if I hadn't got what I wanted I probably would be saying don't do that but I think <laughs> it's paid off in the long run so I'm quite pleased that I did do that and yeah. actually had that time and I think the practice because basically I wanted to make sure that I'd gone through all the guidelines and sort of things so then when I had the practice sessions with the consultants and the registrars all of whom actually were really happy to do practice with me I actually already had the knowledge base so I wasn't worrying about those bits and bobs yeah and when did you do that practice with the registrars and consultants did you leave it towards the end or did you do it quite early? Uh, I did it all the way through okay. um so I'm quite lucky so Andrew my fiance is a cardiology you've got yeah. Andrew yeah, so yeah. he's a cardiology veteran he'd been through the same process last year so he was a really good person to start practicing with because I practiced with him initially and he was like no this is not good enough you can do better <laughs> and I think you need that honesty initially because sometimes when you're doing it with someone that doesn't know you that well they'll be like oh yeah well done that was really good whereas when it's someone that you know really well and um, they'll just be like no come on better um, right. so I think that was useful initially um, and then as sort of my confidence grew then I did it with registrars and consultants and actually sort of reached out to consultants that I'd worked with previously and they did mocks for me and it was sort of a variety some of the consultants like to do it in person because that's just they miss doing things in person and I was like that's fine because I've done enough online and then also at the course I met one of the other trainees Dan who um, also did really well he um we sort of did what a lot of one-on-one -on -one practice with each other just over zoom which was really useful because it was we sort of knew each other from f1 but hadn't worked together for a long time so we didn't have that familiarity yeah and uh, that also was really good because you, you didn't worry so much about making a tit of yourself yeah and i guess one of the things that i hadn't really realized was because it's all virtual mm. it's not as much of effort to organize half yeah. hour practice right exactly. yeah, yeah. 
in the evening. You don't need to travel across London to meet people and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really useful. It's much easier. And I think also you've got that flexibility, like with on calls and stuff. If Dan and I were on call the same sort of week, then we might just do half an hour. And you only need to do sort of a little bit just to yeah. have that. And I think also I kept a tally of all the interview practice that I do did because I found that useful because I was like, oh, I've not done enough prep. And then you actually have an example of all the prep that you've done. And then you're like, actually, no, this is fine. Like, yeah. And so then when you get to the interview, it's just another interview in the line of a long line of interviews that you've done. Yeah. And how, how did you find the examiners being over a Zoom call? Was it did you get in, intimidated by the setting or were you fairly chilled about it? No, I think they were OK, actually, because I I was obviously nervous before, but the when we went through the lady that sort of was checking all our documents and stuff, she was really, really nice. And actually what's quite nice is you don't, what I remember finding really off-putting about the CMT interview is we were all in a room before yeah. and some guy had like all his notes and I was just like, oh my God, I'm just sitting here and I don't have anything. And um, so you don't actually see anyone um, and you're just in your own little space. And I found them quite, they were just quite engaged. They were listening to what I was saying and nodding and and actually it was it was more like a chat in some ways it's right. very quick I think that's the only thing it's 25 minutes and you're just like oh it's gone right. um, <laughs> so yeah but it's actually it was fine actually I quite enjoyed it I know that sounds really weird to say it was only afterwards then I started like analyzing it I was like oh, I should have said this I should have said that but actually my initial reaction afterwards was quite positive and it was only then afterwards I started like, like analyzing it yeah I mean and it, it does sound a bit nerdy but that, I think that's a common theme with people who do well is that you do tend to relax and enjoy it and yeah. we say in the courses that if this wasn't being scored yeah is the sort of conversation that you enjoy doing because you've worked years yeah. and years to accumulate all this stuff you now get a chance to show it off and demonstrate what you do on a daily basis so yeah I think that's a, yeah, exactly. a very normal response to have yeah. cool and so how did you find the clinical station was that uh, something that you think went well or without going into too much detail about the yeah. state so I think it was interesting because I saw people subsequently were telling me about what they'd had the days before yeah. when I told them what I'd had and it was quite interesting because I thought the scenarios prior to my day were a little bit more bread and butter in terms of respiratory medicine and what people have been exposed to and so it was quite a complex scenario I think the final day one that I had and but because I'd done so much practice with different people and I felt different regs will ask you about different things that interest them and they'll just do a clinical scenario just off the cuff about something that interests them and then throw some like diagnostics at you that had actually already happened to me so I'd had to deal with a situation like that so then actually I coped with it quite well and then there was quite a lot because they flashed the only thing that is difficult they they, they showed the some of the results and then they took them down oh, and yeah. I hadn't quite had a chance to take in the because they, they had my initial brief which I can like note and then I answered that and then they gave me some more information and then they just then took it away quite quickly but actually I said oh I, I didn't quite catch this stat and then they were like oh it was this so then I was able to answer it and actually I quite it was quite fun talking through the clinical scenario because you kind of get a bit caught up in what you would do and, and it was quite formulaic, but it was very much, I think, I thought the focus would be very much inpatient, but I think a lot of them, from what people were telling me, a lot of it was, even if you started in the inpatient setting, you ended up in the outpatient setting because I think that's how they were partly differentiating people based on clinic exposure and things like that. Did you get that in your um, year out, your IMT3 year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because that's something that, you don't really get early on in your training but it's something that when you're you know an sd4 and register onwards you're expected to do like it's a huge part yeah. of your thing so it's, it's something that that does come out great yeah, and how, how was the medreg one then was that useful? Um, yes yeah, so yeah the medreg one i basically sort of approached it the way we talked about it in the course and i think if you've done any medregging at a dgh 
I would say you will be fine because it's basically any scenario which you find yourself in on a fairly regular basis about short staffing or difficult yeah. discharging yeah. or complex discussions. And they really, what they were looking for there, I think was examples of it. And I think in the course, and um, you guys talked through like quite a good structure for it. And I was talking to one of my friends afterwards who didn't go on the course. And he was saying that he actually dropped points on that station. And I, was, I think it's probably just because the structure wasn't there to sort of pull out the themes and things like that. So I think that's useful and um, to go away it's an easy place to get marks because it's all stuff yeah. that we've done so yeah exactly I mean you've done the med reg job that's what the whole IMP yeah. year is and it's I think it's also having that practice of having yeah. the opportunity to think about how to approach those questions so you know yeah. like, like you've been saying this whole way through it's preparation yeah, preparation, yeah it's just preparation. really really makes a difference so once again Nicola massive congratulations uh, on it and I hope you have a great yeah. uh, great great uh, sort of registrar years ahead of you thank you, thank you very much thank you for all your help the course was amazing Really, really good.